Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of The Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, this is Autumn with The Autumn Miles Show. How are you guys doing out there today? We love you up in here. Not just me. You know, we got Dan over here who's a genius. He, yeah, he loves you too. And we're so thankful that you have tuned in today, man. You guys, first of all, P.S. by the way, thanks for reaching out to us. We, we, we did a live show very recently and we're overwhelmed by the amount of just feedback and calls and call-ins. And I know some on these live shows, I know some of you guys don't get through or you have to wait or they say we don't have enough time. Keep calling me because I want to talk to you. I want to give you a verbal hug. That's the thing about radio. You have to give a, you're a, a verbal hug. Man, y'all, we have got a great guest. Some of you guys might know her from Duck Dynasty. I legitimately don't know who did not watch that show. I mean, it was like captivating. Like, we, I got to watch. I got to see what duck they're shooting. Sadie Robertson was one of the stars of that show at 17 years old. She landed first runner-up in season 18 of ABC's Dancing with the Stars. She has since gone on and really just taken, I believe, her generation, um, you know, with the authority of the Lord and kind of led through a Live Original speaking tour, which I hope she talks about. She also has done various other things, but she's she has just released a book in February called Live Fearless. And we want you to go pick up that book, liveoriginal.com, or I'm sure anywhere books are sold Welcome to the show today, guys. Sadie Robertson. How are you, Sadie? Oh, I'm so good. That was like such an intro. I'm like, well, hello. <laughs> Not that cool, but thanks for the intro. <laughs> well, hello. I love that. Well, thank you for joining our show. I know I'm so, so thankful to talk to you and just hear what God has laid on your heart. Sadie, I think everyone kind of has question marks about... Um, your age group specifically, the 20-something generation, the millennials. And I really see you saying, guys, we have got to get out there in the name of the Lord and do what God is asking of us and utilize this power that he has given us. What is your heart for your generation? I have a lot of heart for my generation, that's for sure. And I think the new book, Live Serial, is definitely a drive in the direction of where I think that we need to go as a generation, even not just for the millennials, but for everybody. Because said it earlier, this really is a word for the times, I think, because you know, I couldn't have even planned that. I think that's whenever you know it's a God thing. You know, you can do stuff, and it's like it's a good thing, and it does good things, and it moves. But when it's a God thing, it's at the right time, and it's just this amazing divine moment. And so when I put out Live Fearless, I didn't know all the stuff that was going to be happening in the world this past year. And mm. in, at the end of 2017, uh, the New York Times actually wrote an article that was titled 2017, The Year of Anxiety. And then here oh. comes my book in February 2018, Live Fearless. Mm. And I just think that that's really cool because we do live in a time where anxiety is like higher than ever. Fear is gripping people and literally making them get stuck in where they're at. And I'm like, no, guys, if we're going to get to where we need to go, then we have to lose fear right now. Mm. And we have to step into faith. And um, that's a necessary thing if we want to see a movement happen. And so I hope that it really, you know, 
gain some people's confidence in what they believe and what they hope for instead of just leaving them crippled. Um, because I do believe that there's a lot to come. A lot of people are like, oh, no, what's our generation going to look like in five years? How are we going to raise our kids? I'm like, well, why don't we just make a change? And five years from now, we can be like, wow, thank God we did something so our kids can live in a much better place. Wow. Yes. So fearless, living fearless. I, I don't even think, you know, as you're even talking, I mean, is, how crazy is that? I didn't even know that the New York Times put out uh, an article, The Year of Anxiety. That's crazy. And then here comes I your know. book. That is that is so the Lord. I mean, that's so, that's how the Lord works. He's so good. That was such a God moment. It was really cool. So what? It's not just for your generation as I hear you talk. This is for that like i like I, I even said earlier it is is it a it is a message to people today talk to can you encourage our readers and I, i've got a lot of stuff to get to but just about those that are that are actually living in a state of anxiety right now that are listening that their their radios are turned up they're they're super engaged can you encourage them of course we want them to buy the book but i also just from your own heart coming coming out of fear and really finding freedom over it. Can you encourage our listeners for a second? It's kind of cool that I'm able to speak into this right now because, like, literally if you would have asked me this, like, three years ago, or if you would even told me that I was going to write a book with Phyllis, I would have been like, um, excuse me, no, because <laughs> I was literally the most, like, fearful person I knew. And so I want people to understand that whenever I'm sharing this. It's not like I'm just like, oh, yeah, like my mom who, like, laughs at fear of the future, literally the Proverbs 31 woman. She just, like, has no fear in her. And it's, my mom would always help me with fear, but I was always like, yeah, but you're not afraid, Mom. So, like, what, you know? And so I want people to understand that I really was living in the pit of fear. Mm-hmm. And, um and it is possible to get out. And it is possible. You may think, you know, no, that's just how I am. That's how I'm wired. That's not what God promised for you. And that's not what God has for you. There's so much more. And I think whenever you live in a state of fear, it's so isolating and it's so limiting. And the God that we serve, God that I know that I serve, he has no limits. And mm-hmm. he can literally um, do anything. And so whenever you step into that fear of the Lord instead of fear of the world, there literally is nothing else to fear because mm. you know he's conquered it all, he can destroy it all. Actually, I'll, I'll share this with y'all to really encourage you. I'm writing a blog right now, and it's for Good Friday. And I was thinking how Good Friday is such an example of like either living by fear or living by faith because some people get stuck in that Friday mentality of like, this is it, this is all it's going to be, it ends in death, whatever. And if that was the case, it wouldn't be a good Friday. It would be a terrible Friday. Mm. And you would be stuck in this fear-gripping, it ends in death, all this. But when you believe that there is Sunday around the corner, when you believe something good is coming, you don't get stuck in that fear. And I was thinking about all the people in the Bible that didn't get stuck. And I was like, think about this. What if Noah like didn't believe that a flood was coming, and he was just like, ah, this is not going to happen, whatever. I've been working for 20 years, and he just surrendered. Like, he would be mm. taken out. And, like, what if Moses' parents were, like, too afraid to actually believe that their son could make a difference, and so they didn't send him off. They just were like, oh, surrender to the times. Mm. And, like, what if Joshua just quit walking around the walls of Jericho because they were just like, ah, I don't know if it's really going to happen. They would have died a long time ago. Yeah. It's like all of these different people that chose to believe in the promise God gave them, even though it seemed crazy. 
because they were at least promised something. And so many times you just get stuck in fear and that cripples you and it leads to just nothing. And then you don't feel purpose because you're not doing what you were purposed to do. Mm. And so I feel like fear really is like the starting point of like a lot of things that you can lose. And like faith is really the starting point of gaining everything that you were promised, if Mm. that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yes. So I feel like there's people that are listening and they're like, yes, I want to be Joshua. I want to be, I want to be these people, but how do I get there? And, and, and I know your book kind of walks readers through like, like how you get through it. What are some practical things that you can give us that says, listen, this is what I did. This is what, what I believe will help you help, help our listeners out. Yeah, so this is actually a funny question because this is like, it's going to sound weird at first, but I promise it makes sense. So, like <laughs> we, said, love mom, like, we love weird. We love weird here. <laughs> Good, then I'm in the right place. My mom would always, like, help me, like I said, and she would read scripture and she would clothe me in that. But what she finally said, because, like, nothing seemed to be working for me because the same thing. Like, literally, Joshua 1-9 would, like, drive me crazy because my mom would always be like, don't you know to be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be dismayed for the Lord. Your God will be with you wherever you go. I'm like, well, yeah, Mom, I do know that, but it's just not really working for me. I still don't get it. And I would, like, still be afraid, which sounds horrible, but it's true. And if you're living in fear, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So finally, my mom looked at me, and she said, girl, you're just going to have to do it afraid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, just do it afraid. And that was actually the best advice ever because wow. what I realized is that when I started to just do things afraid, it wasn't that things aren't going to be scary. It's not that situations aren't going to pop up that are going to seem very frightening. But it's that when you do those things at the place that fear was, that's where fear is conquered. And the wow. more you do it over and over and over again, you gain this confident trust, not only in who you are, but who the God is inside of you to keep going. Because wow. like, when Joshua said that, whenever God said that to Joshua in Joshua 1.9, he wasn't actually just randomly throwing out, like, uh, hey, here's a suggestion, Joshua, don't be afraid. No, he was like, hey, Joshua, you don't have to be afraid because I am promising you that I'm going to be with you wherever you go. Yeah. That's why you don't have to fear. And if you knew who I was and if you understood the things I could do for you, you would have no fear. But in order to understand that, in order to see that, you have to to do it. You have to meet God in the battle to see him fight for you. And I've seen that time and time again in my life. And through that, I think that's how I truly came to the place where I'm like, wow, it's actually not that things aren't scary, but it's that I get to be fearless because that is who my God is in me. Do it afraid. Man, that is so good. Dan's like, hallelujah over here. We're having church. That was so good. Do it afraid. Because you know what the reality, Sadie, is that ev- just about everything God asks us to do is scary, okay? That's just the reality of it. It's bigger than us. It's God-sized. We don't see how we can accomplish it. But with him and his power, all things are possible. Go ahead. Do you want to say something to that? Oh, it's so true. You know what really changed things for me is actually when I read Psalms 46, which mm. Psalms 46 is like my anthem. If anybody is like really knows me, I have quoted this like, almost every day of my life, but it changed my life because I think that same thing. It's like, I always thought like, if you have to be fearless, that means that like things aren't going to be scary. (laughs) Like that's like such a lie. And that's like not even a promise. It's like, (laughs) 
Psalm 46 talks about like even when the mountains fall and go into the heart of the sea, even when the waters roar and foam, even when the nations are in chaos and the kingdoms are up before, like in those moments, that's actually whenever we get to be still and know that he is God, we get to invite people in. We get to like have this place of refuge and safety. And I just realized like, whoa, like I have this massive promise of like a safe place, of a place of refuge, of a place that I not only get to be in, but I get to invite people into. And the only thing I have to do is be still. Mm. And I was like, whoa. And when you realize and when you start reading, like, the things that are promised to you and the things that God provides you, it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to take advantage of, like, the beauty that I have. And the thing is, people can say all day long, whatever, if they don't believe it, they don't believe it. But for me, I'm like, why would you not? (laughs) Yeah. You either can have hope in the world that is crumbling and is falling and is roaring and foaming and nations are in chaos and kingdoms are in uproar, or you get to believe that there is a river that brings joy and makes glad the city of God, the Mm. most high, where peace dwells, where it's safe. Like, that sounds pretty awesome to me. (laughs) Like, I choose to believe that. And in that, I I have no fear. And Mm. so that's really, that whole passage really changed things for me. So if you are afraid, I would really suggest you learn that and you get it so in your system that when you start seeing these scary things, you look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Because stuff like that does happen. But even though that's happening right now, I will still be still and know that he's God yeah. and he's good. And that, that really changed things for me. I think one of the things that you just said is so important because it's what I, I see a lot of people not doing. It was so simple, but yet so profound. You said, I choose to believe that. I choose mm-hmm. to believe that um, that basically God is good when the world is crumbling. I choose to believe that. And I think that there is a lot of people that are 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 choosing to believe the opposite, are choosing to believe um, their circumstances or negativity, or even choosing to believe that the fear is legitimate that they're having. Not that things aren't scary, but but hey, listen, this seems more real than God seems to me uh, right now. Yeah. You saying yeah. I choose, it is. You're not going to figure it out. You're not going to figure out why God is so okay. good. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, for me, for the three years that I really lived in like deep fear and anxiety. What I realized in those three years is that, well, first of all, nothing was changing. I was mm-hmm. always afraid. Like, I was, I was gonna be afraid. I was gonna wake up afraid. It was like, it was like in my DNA that like I was gonna be afraid. Like in my mind, I had that set, mm-hmm. and I would always pray. Here's why I was confused. I was like, I'm praying to not have fear. Why am I still afraid? But what I realized is that my prayer was so off <laughs> because I was praying for three years for my circumstances to change. I would pray everywhere I go, God, help this plane not crash. God, would you help these people to be nice to me? God, would you help me? Mm. Like the, all my circumstances. And like in that, nothing was changing. I was still afraid. But when I stopped for a minute and realized, oh, wait, I know this circumstance thing is actually not changing. So I'm not going to pray for my circumstances to change. I'm actually just going to stop and pray for my heart to change. Wow. And the minute I pray for my heart to change, everything in my life actually saw change. Mm. But the three years I prayed for my circumstances, nothing happened. And so that's normally what I share with people because I want them to understand that if something's not working, it's not working for a reason. (laughs) And maybe you should read the word and then realize that, oh, wait a second, God didn't even promise me that. God didn't even say your circumstances wouldn't change. 
But he did say, when you take heart yeah. <laughs> and when you fix your eyes and you look at the things above, like that's where you're going to find your hope. And for me, like once I started doing that, my life really did change. And so I hope that encourages somebody because you may find yourself right now like, oh, my gosh, I've been praying for my circumstances to change. And don't take sh- find shame in that, but just make change happen. You know, it's, it's a simple, it's a simple shift. It's, it, but it's so profound. What you just said, I honestly want to encapsulate in like a pill and like feed people. You know what? It, it, is, it is so amazing because people are like, listen, God, if you would just change this, if you would just change that, then I wouldn't leave in fear. What you are speaking so much wisdom. It's, it's, it's like truth bombs all over the place. Listen, if, if it, it probably, it might be you. <laughs> what she just said, guys that are listening is it might be you. Like, we love you. God bless you. But maybe it's time to stop saying, Lord, if you would make this change and this, and if you give me the promotion, I won't be scared. And if you, no, no, no. Maybe you just need to, like Sadie said earlier, choose to believe. Come on, girl. Come on. I love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So I want to, um, so there's two questions I want to ask you, which one of them has to do with plankton, which I'm kind of obsessed with. But before we, before we get there, um, so, so you talk about the importance of God healing your past. And I, I, I think this this is another thing that people need to grab hold of. Talk, talk to me and, and, and you cover it in your book. What do you say about the importance of God of, of asking God to heal your past? Yeah, well, healing your past is so important to moving forward. And for me, I think that I think that people are very afraid of that, of that even that ask of like, or even the acknowledgement of your past. And mm. so that's what also grips people in fear. Or that's what leaves, keeps people in shame. And that's what keeps people from truly walking into the fullness of what God has for them. Because to walk into the fullness, you have to have freedom. And for me, um, I think because of the things in those three years of me being so afraid and me being so far off of just really what God had for me, I, I just kind of kept running because I was like, oh, I'm kind of like far away and I just don't really know how I'm supposed to, what that even looks like. And I started to avoid people in my life that were mentors to me and that I knew would get me back on like the right track. And that's another thing that this might be you. If you're avoiding people in your life that are mentors to you or that speak truth into your life, you might consider that you might be running from God too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I found it that that was... They kind of had a um, same chord. I was like, okay, I'm running for all the people that speak Jesus into me. I think I'm also running from Jesus, too. Wow. And so I had this moment where I knew this mentor of mine, like, she would speak truth. She would listen. She would cover it. So I was like, okay, I feel like I need to go see her. And so <laughs> I go to her house, and I literally, it was like hot box. I just sat in her chair and, like, just began to just share with her all mm-hmm. these things. Um I had been walking in that I had been afraid to tell anybody that I just didn't really know how to get out of. And she sat with me and she, not only did she allow me to speak those things out, but she told me, she said, Sadie, just speaking these things out and just sharing this with somebody isn't going to bring you freedom. But if we cover this in the word of God and if mm. we pray over it, like that's what's actually going to free you. So we sat there, we covered everything with truth. We prayed over it, and we just kind of sealed that. And you know what? From mm. that moment on, I kid you not, I sat, I stood up. From the minute I stood up, I was like, okay, I'm free. I'm wow. going to run into fullness. But what happens when you when you do that, you got to get 
in the car and you got to go. You got to talk to the people. You got to pray. You, you actually have to try. And then you got to get up and you got to move on. Yeah. You keep walking. And I think so many people, they do that and they get up and then they go right back to where they were. No, like you have to create change to mm-hmm. see the change that you that you have been wanting to see. And for me, I had like a radical life change. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it was work, but I would do it over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again to see Jesus and see God in the way that I met him in that season and continue to meet him. In. So, yeah, that's kind of that healing of the past in order to walk into the future. But I'm telling you what, even though it may seem daunting or it may seem like a big thing to do, it is going to make a big difference in in the rest of your life. Mm. That's what I call getting gangster with God. Right, Dan? Getting gangster. Girl, Girl, you got to get gangster. Okay, so I got in my notes, even plankton. (laughs) So so tell me about this concept because I I am loving it already, girl. Okay, it's kind of funny how this all came to be. But my family is like, we always say that saying, you know, my dad always says it. Whenever something bad happens to us, he's like, well, at least you're not that guy. And I'm like, good one, Dad. At least I'm not. That does not help me at all. And so there was this one day, and my, I was, like, having this bad day or whatever. And my dad was like, well, at least you're not this guy. And, like, sent me, like, a gift of, like, this guy, like, <laughs> unfortunate situation. But it, like, really wasn't that bad. And I was like, yeah, Dad, at least I'm not. And at least I'm not a plankton either. And my dad was like, what? I was like, uh, at least I'm not a plankton. He was like, why did you just say that? And I was like, Dad, I legitimately have no idea. So we just agreed that that was the weirdest moment ever and moved on with our life until a few months go by. And I said it again. I was like, at least I'm not a plankton. And it just kind of became a joke in our family that, like, anytime something bad would happen, we would say at least we're not a plankton. And we didn't even know, like, what we were saying. So one day, um, my dad goes, hey, do you even know what a plankton is? I said, no. What was funny is I Googled what's a plankton. Was Wikipedia's definition for a plankton, and it is a small microorganism unable to swim against the current of the ocean for large fish and whales to eat. Hmm. When I saw that, I was like, okay, that is like the worst thing you could ever be in your whole life. So I'm right. At least I'm not a plankton. At least we're all not plankton. And all of a sudden, I'm not kidding, I literally felt the Lord breathe into my spirit, but what if you were? Could you find passion and could you find purpose in something that you think is the lowest of the low, but it's Mm -hmm. something that I breathe life in? Yeah. And I was like, oh, shoot. (laughs) So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go study a plankton. So I began to study what plankton were. But what I realized in this is that what plankton are, is there a little microorganism? Yes, that is right. They live at the very, very bottom of the ocean sea in the darkest part of the ocean where all the most bizarre sea creatures live, okay? Every single night, all of these plankton migrate up to the very top of the ocean. It's actually the biggest migration that's happening daily. Once they get to the top of the ocean, they literally receive light from the sun. Mm. And through the process of photosynthesis, they take this water, so they're being fueled by the activity of the sun, to go back down to the bottom of the ocean. And in doing this, they provide 50%, I mean, they provide 90% of the ocean's photosynthesis. But in doing that, they actually provide 50% of the oxygen that we breathe today. So... Literally, without a plankton, we would not have life. So That's without crazy. plankton, every day, going up, receiving light, going back down and breathing life, we wouldn't have life. Mm. And I thought to myself, I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, literally, if God can breathe that much purpose in a plankton, like, what mm. can you breathe in your life? Come on. If the biggest migration daily is 
plankton migrating to be fueled by light to go back down to the darkness and provide not only the life of the ocean, the light of the ocean, but the life to the mm. world. Like, oh my gosh, what if Christians, what if we woke up? What if humans, what if every day we woke up and we looked to God and we received light from his son and then we went out in the world and we just breathed life and mm. we just gave light. And so many of us, we go out in the world and we're so crippled by fear. We're not giving anything. And we're so captured by shame. We're just like, and we're so just like in our own mess that we're just breathing literally words of spiritual death and not life at all. Mm. But if we went out and we begin to migrate, we begin to make change happen and we begin wow. to breathe life, like I believe our world would look a whole lot different. Yeah. And I'm like, man, if God can preach to me through the purpose <laughs> of a plankton, God better preach through me to the purpose of my life. Come on. It really change the way I look at things. So I hope that encourages somebody who have just been stuck in this, like, I don't know what my purpose is. Do I even have purpose? Yes, you have purpose. You are more than a conqueror. Amen. There is so much more to your life than what you see right now. And I am excited for you to step into that, but you've got to step into it. Amen, Sadie. Girl, you are on fire today. On fire. Listen. <laughs> Um, y'all need, all my listeners, y'all need to go get this book, um, Live Fearless. I, I don't know who that wouldn't have inspired and encouraged today. It absolutely did me. Um, thank you so much for Sadie, uh, Sadie, for being on the show. We, I just, I just think you are just amazing. You're just so precious. I just love it so much. Thank you for being on the show today. We, we really appreciate it. And thank you out there for listening to the show today. You can catch me right back here tomorrow on the Autumn Miles Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on The Word, 100.7 FM.